0: Hey, welcome to The Outside Church in Port St. Lucie, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out. Hope it encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Amen. How many are ready for the Word of God? How many are ready for a powerful Word of God from Pastor Jose Estrada? Amen. Officer Jose Estrada and Pastor he is ready to pour into us. Amen. And I'm excited about this word. Come on, brother. Pastor, amen. Hallelujah. Let Glory, the Lord use to God. It. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Can somebody say hallelujah one more time? There's been an awesome move of the Holy Spirit in this place right from the first service all the way down into the worship of the second service. And man, what the, the, the testimonies that, that pastors just gave is just showing you that whatever we're doing here... It's not because of us. It's because of God. And God is taking what we're doing, whether it's your clapping of your hands or the stomping of your feet or the donations and the tithes and you being faithful. He's taking what you're giving and you're, you're, you're doing here and he's multiplying it every step of the way so that and people around the world are feeling what's going on in this place. See, we're, we're, we're like a base camp right here. We're like a base camp, military base camp. And you know what? We're sending out the word. We're sending out the mission. We're sending out everything that God is giving us because we're not going to hold it back. We're going to send it forward. And we know, we know, we know that whatever happens here is going to be multiplied and people are going to get touched and people are going to be saved by what God does in this place, by the move of God in this place. So I wanted to take a moment to talk to you about two personalities. You can go ahead and have a seat. I wanted to go ahead and take a few moments to talk to you about two personalities. And it's gonna be a, 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 a comparison and, and where we look at them but then we look at us and we're gonna be talking about how we let go of things that affect us. These two personalities were from two different times separated by thousands of years. And while they were both very different on their own, they, they faced choices. They face choices that would determine the future of their lives. Now, one, like I said, they're thousands of years apart. But one, I got to know personally, call him my friend. This is where you're going to get to hear and learn about my friend, Fred. This title of this this sermon is called Fred and the Rich Man. We're going to turn to Mark chapter 10. If you could open up your Bibles, or if you have your, your cell phones or tablets, if you're at home watching, welcome for jo- thank you for joining, joining us. Welcome. Open up your Bibles, open up your tablets, your phones, and read with me Mark chapter 10, verses 7, 3, 17 through 22. And it's going to be a, a conversation between Jesus and the rich man. Now, verse 17 says, as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him and said, Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, I don't know about you, but when I read the, these verses in the Bible, I, and I kind of pick it out, and there's words that'll stick out to me. There's words that'll just like jump out and give me context of what's going on. Now, in this first verse, it said, The, the man ran up to Jesus. He ran up to Jesus now when I see that word run or ran it tells me that this guy here the rich man had a sense of urgency that he needed to go talk to some somebody about something he couldn't wait any longer so when he saw Jesus out in the distance now Jesus was followed when throughout his ministry he was followed by crowds so when he saw Jesus from a distance he had to work his way through the crowd he had to run his way through his crowd I imagine how many people he had to push to get to move out of the way just so he could get to Jesus and say good teacher what must I do to inherit the eternal life now in verse 18 Jesus tells him why do you call me good no one is good except God alone now again picking about these these verses Jesus is telling him no one is good except God alone why do you call me good apparently this man didn't know who he was talking to. He ran. He had this sense of urgency just to run to this guy who he would call a teacher. He didn't know who exactly he was talking to. In verse 19, it says, you know the commandments. This is Jesus speaking. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. And honor your father and your mother. This is what Jesus is telling this guy, and I can imagine he's there with a smile from ear to ear, a grin from ear to ear, as Jesus is telling him all of these commandments: uh, not give, not murder. I haven't killed anybody yet. Um, not commit adultery. Uh, not steal. Not lie. Honor your father. The guy's probably smiling, saying, "Yes, I'm doing all these things. I'm doing everything right." Now, I'm going back to that first verse. Why is he asking Jesus how to obtain eternal life? Apparently, he's doing all these things and he's still lacking in something. So he tells Jesus in verse 20, Teacher, he declared, I have kept all of these since I was a boy. That just goes to show you. Now, you go in a church his whole life, he's going to a temple. His whole life, he's kept all these commandments, and he still has to seek out the answer for eternal life. How to obtain eternal life. He had to run with urgency, seeking eternal life. And Jesus looked at him and loved him, verse 21. Jesus looked at him and loved him. To me, I mean, nowadays, that's like Jesus saying, bless his heart. Oh, this poor kid, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And Jesus tells him, one thing you lack. He said, go and sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then, come, follow me. Now he's throwing it back into the rich man's. He's he's passing the ball back to him. The ball's in his court. And what did he do? Now, in the same conversation, Matthew 19, verse 21, this is from a different perspective, where Jesus had told him, one thing you lack. In Matthew 19, it says, if you want to be perfect. So in all, he wasn't complete. He wasn't whole. He was missing something. So go and sell what you have. Give to some people with what you've been blessed with. Jesus is telling the rich man to go help somebody else, not because he wants to take away from the rich man, but there's, he needs to break something. Do I believe the riches were the problem? No. Pastors speaking about the offering right here. God's going to bless you in order to bless others. God's going to bless you in order to to send to somebody else. God's going to bless you. He is a God of blessing and of overflow. God wants to bless you. But the riches were the problem? No. The question is, is where was the rich man's heart? What place did those riches that Jesus told him to give away, what place did he give those riches in his heart the the thing that the rich man was lacking was experience relationship and the closeness to god and jesus gave him the opportunity to to, to obtain that and much more and that eternal life that he was looking for with a and in, and in, in, in to cover him for his entire lifetime he gave him an opportunity of a lifetime with a personal invitation jesus told him come Follow me. Now, who else did he talk to like that? Who else in the Bible, when we see Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and all the other the, the, the books of the Bible, who else did he reach out like that? He spoke to the disciples when he called them, when they were out on their boats fishing, when they, were, when they were doing what they were normally do about their daily lives. He says, come, follow me. That's how he called his disciples. And for this rich man, he gave him that opportunity of discipleship a of personal discipleship man that's better than than being a worker in some company, uh, being a worker in some major company, and the CEO himself saying, hey, I don't want you working in the mailroom. I don't want you working in this little cubicle. I got something greater for you. I got something, uh, I got a promotion for you. I got something that's going to give you more. This is what Jesus did with this man. He says, come follow me. But what this man didn't know is that this was going to give him a promotion. more. He was going to give him more riches than he had before. It was going to give him more riches and more life and the eternal life. And this treasure's in heaven. But the rich man didn't see that. Everybody here in this room, in this sanctuary right now, watching online, listening on podcasts, is seeking that closeness to Jesus. And here this rich man was, face to face with the master. God made flesh with a personal invitation of, come, follow me. But what does the rich man do? I can't imagine what was going through his mind. And I'm sure he was an okay guy. You know, he followed the commandments and all. He was, he was a law-abiding citizen. But all, being a law-abiding citizen and following those commands alone wasn't going to save him. And it's, gun, it's not going to just save us. He thought maybe he could gain eternal life uh, it, through an inheritance or maybe through some business transaction because he was a rich man. Maybe he saw Jesus as as an investment opportunity. Slide a few dollars. What What do I have to do for eternal life? How much do I have to spend for eternal life? Was Jesus just a teacher, like he said? A good teacher? Was he just a man? Was he just a prophet? No, the rich man could not see who was right before his eyes. It was the word made flesh. It was God made into man. He couldn't recognize that. And yet he called him a good teacher. This was the savior of the world, the man who would die on the cross to, to give us eternal life. And he couldn't recognize that. Even with all his riches, the rich man still left empty handed. Now, it wasn't the riches that held him back. It was himself. Eternal life isn't something that you can buy yourself into, and maybe he didn't realize that. The rich man went to Jesus because he knew he was lacking in something, something maybe he couldn't buy on the street corner, or he couldn't go to, to the mall and buy on, on discount. He couldn't find it. So he went looking for Jesus, but he didn't get the answer. He, 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 he didn't get the answer he was looking for. He didn't like the answer he received. And that was to separate himself. From his earthly riches, because it was too terrible of a pain to go through. And in verse 22, it says, at this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. So he left. I mean, can you imagine being in this place, going through the worship that we just had, to be in the presence of God and for God to say, I need to remove some things or you need to let some things go. Only to turn around and say, that's not good enough, God. I'm going to go right back out that door the same way I came in. And this is where his story ends. We don't know what happened to the rich man after that. We don't know if he, if he had a repentant heart and maybe sold everything later on. We don't know uh, if he stayed with his riches and, and lost his soul because he stayed with them. That's where his story ends. So we're going to stop right there, and we're going to talk about my friend, Fred. This is a couple thousand years later. We're going to fast forward to March 27th of this year. Now, I remember this day clearly because this is when I met Fred. Never seen him before in my life, but this particular day, he had an impact on me. It was a beautiful, sunny day here on the Treasure Coast. That's why I love Florida. It's sunshine state. Everybody, if you, if you don't haven't looked outside, if you're online watching right now, you're across the country or you're across the world watching, Florida is the place to be. Amen to that? Amen. Now, it was a beautiful sunny day. I decided to go fishing. Now, if you don't know me, I am the worst fisherman ever. I probably mentioned that a few times before. I am the worst fisherman ever. But you know what? I'm going to go fishing, I said. So I went to the spot where there's normally, you know, a bunch of people always fishing. Some hardcore fishermen are there, and I'm like, uh, "This is where I want to be." So I drive over to this spot, and I don't see anybody in this spot where there's normally p- people catching two 200- and three hundred pound fish. I mean, like, really big fish. I'm like, "Man, nobody's here. This is my lucky day. I'm gonna catch that fish." So I start fishing, and I was trying to catch. I was by myself and I wasn't catching anything. Now this is when I see Fred. And he he came from afar. I saw him from far away and he got closer and closer and closer. And I know when I looked at him, he didn't nothing there was something that just seemed off about him. But you know what? I didn't pay him any attention cuz I wanted to catch my fish. Oh yeah, I didn't forget about that. I'm still there. Cast and Fred got closer and closer to me, and then he was about 10 to 15 feet away from me. And he was looking at me, and I was looking at him, and I tried to ignore him. And he kept looking at me, and I'm like, dude, really? You're, you're, now you're crowding my space. It's COVID. You know, six feet of distance. Keep away from me. And he kept getting closer and closer. So now I had to pay attention. So when I, when, when I, I looked at Fred, there, it just seemed like something was off. Now, for those of you who are wondering who Fred is, I took a picture of him just in case you ever run into him. Yes, this is my friend Fred. He's a pelican. It's okay. When I looked at him, I said, his name is Fred. Now, if your name is Fred in here, I'm not saying you look like a pelican. It's okay. But he looks like a Fred. So he got closer and closer to me, and I, I kept looking at him, and I'm like, man, I need to take a picture of this fella. And I, as I got closer, he got closer. And as he looked at me, I looked at him. But if you look real close to Fred, there was something wrong, there was something different. He couldn't stand firmly on his two feet. And I noticed that when I got closer. And as I looked closer at his leg, I saw a, a rusty fishing hook st- stuck inside his leg. I saw a, a, a fishing line about four feet long hanging off of him. And he was standing there with one foot straight down, and the other one he was holding up because it was hurting too much to put it flat on the ground. He couldn't stand firmly. Now, as i had been wa- telling you, I've been watching Fred this whole time as he came closer and closer. And he was watching me too, I think so. And as he walked closer to me, I could tell he was in distress. And I knew he needed help. And maybe I thought, okay, he's coming here. I, I've never had a pelican come to me. So he's coming to me because he needs help. You know what? I'm a good guy. I'm a nice guy. I follow the, the commandments. I can, the rich man did that. But I knew he needed help. So I said, I'm the one who can help you, Fred. So I got closer to him, and as I got closer to him, I was able to grab the line. And I knew Fred, he just stood there. He's waiting for his release. He's waiting for something good to happen so he could go and live his life. But as I pulled on the hook, he changed his mind. He knew it was the only way to release that hook. But the pain was too much to bear. He couldn't, hold, he couldn't go through that process of releasing something that was causing him pain. So just as I watched Fred having trouble standing, now he changed his mind and he's taking off on me. And as I pulled, he pulled. And I pulled, he pulled. And you know what? I let go. Fred said, nope, not today, brother. I'm out. Peace. Deuces. And I saw him fly, fly up. But he couldn't fly like the rest of the birds. He couldn't fly like the rest of the pelicans. One leg, that leg just sticking out while the other one was tucked up. So he couldn't fly as high as he needed to. But then he landed in the water, and he tried to paddle with both feet. But the current was too strong because he couldn't paddle with both feet. So the current would take him as he struggled. He struggled against the current. Little by little, I saw my friend Fred go away. And just like the rich man, I'll never know what happened to him. Just like the rich man, Fred disappeared. And we can only assume what happened. Did did the hook come out? Did he find somebody else? Did he die because of an, an infection? Now, some people are probably wondering, how does a pelican relate to the rich man? But the rest, I assure, I assure you, this is where God began to speak to me as I was standing at the end of this road here at, at the fishing spot by myself. This is when God began to talk to me. See, God will separate you sometimes, even when you think you're doing what you want to do. He puts you in a place so that you can listen. He'll put you in a place where there's no distractions. He'll put you in a place where he can speak to you one on one. He's going to give you that personal invitation and just because i thought i was there because of something i wanted to do he was there because something he wanted to do both the the pelican and the rich man were looking for something something they couldn't get themselves and just as jesus told the rich man there was something to get r- rid of that he needed to get rid of the pelican was there that he would needing to get rid of something. And with the rich man, he needed to get rid of his riches. Now, again, not because the riches were bad, But because of his attachment, there was a spiritual and emotional attachment that was holding the rich man back from completing his assignment as a creation of God. The the riches were holding him back. His spiritual attachment to the riches, his emotional attachment to the riches was keeping him from from succeeding and reaching that eternal life. He could have been a good man his entire life. He could have followed all those commandments, but he was still missing something. There was something in the way between him and God. Both the man and the pelican needed to release something in order to reach their full potential. For the man, the full potential would be reaching eternal life and fullness and relationship with God. To follow Jesus, that personal invitation again. And for the pelican, it would just be to to live as God created him to be out in the wild, to be able to fly high as, uh, like the other birds, to be able to swim against the current and not get tired, to be able to stand on his two feet, plant firmly planted on a foundation. See, that's what we're looking for right here. We're looking to be able to fly as high as God told us to fly. We're looking to be able to stand on solid ground, to be able to stand on the rock with our own two feet, We're looking so that when the wind and the waves come and the currents are pushing up against us, that we could just paddle our way through it, knowing that on the other side, God is giving us that strength. That knowing that on the other side of whatever it is, God is still there with us. But neither one could reach their full potential without removing something. Now, it didn't matter how many laws and commandments the rich man obeyed. He still was searching the pelican did what he was supposed to do, but he still couldn't do it like he was supposed to do. How many times have we kneeled? This is when we start thinking about ourselves. How many times have we kneeled at the altar or at home or or just prayed to God where we're sitting in our car and we pray for a deliverance or a breakthrough or for a healing or for something that happens? How many times do we have to ask God? But yet he gives us the answers and we say, no, that's not it. That's that. Nope. A, B, C, uh, no, nope, that's not it, God, give me another one. When this isn't multiple choice. It's not like taking a test where you get to go at the end, it's all of the above. No, God's going to tell you like it is and what you need to let go of. Only you know what you need to let go of. Everybody here is different. We face similar situations. We might have been through the same situations, but only you know what you need to release. And God knows it too because you can't hide it from him. How many times does he give us an answer and and we say, nope, that's it, I give up. And we pull back and we hesitate. We question, or we even run away. The rich man walked away with a sad face, not getting what he wanted. The pelican left still with a four-foot-long string and a rusty hook sticking out from his leg. See, God tells us, Galatians 5.16, God tells us we're going to need to reject the things of the flesh, the things that, that hinder us in our progress with his relationship with him. And it says in Galatians 5.16, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. See, the rich man went to Jesus, and, and Jesus told him to sell everything you have here on earth. But you know what? I still have... Treasures for you in heaven So if the rich man was looking at everything in context, he, he would have been able to give away the little that he had, only to gain more and, and in abundance, more than he could have ever imagine, you know, going to this place that's paved with streets of gold. Yet he chose the things of the flesh here on earth. And this is where God tells us we need to release something. And you have to ask for yourself, what are those for you? Are they your riches? Is it lust? Mm, We're thinking now, it's quiet because we're thinking about what am I supposed to release? Are we lying? Do we have a deceiving spirit? Is it disease? All those chains are binding us. They're keeping us down. They're not letting us complete our mission, complete our full potential, what we need to do. These chains are being hooked into us spiritually in our hearts, preventing us from moving where we need to move. And as we try to move, we're going nowhere. And we pull those hooks out. And yeah, it's going to hurt sometimes because you're going to let go of things that you desire to have. But it's not God's desire to have for you. We have to be willing to let them go. Release those chains. But just like they had something in common, the rich man and the pelican also had something and they were different. Now, some of you are going to be saying, yeah. One was a man, the other one was a bird. Yes, I know that they were different like that. But there was something that made them different about their situations. Their situations came differently. So you see, the rich man, he chose to pick up his chain. He chose to say, I'm going to stay hooked with this for as long as I can while I'm on this earth. The rich man decided he was going to stay with, with that thing that was holding him back keeping him from that eternal life that he was running to Jesus for. He stayed with that. He kept it, and he walked away, dragging that chain, keeping him from his potential. Now, the pelican, on the other hand, I've never seen a pelican take a hook and say, mm, I got this. I've never seen a pelican do that. It came from the outside. Now, I'm going to tell you, it, it, it's going to get deeper than that, because sometimes we, we, we came in this world of sin. There's things that we have no control of. Some of us came into this world and live. We have generational curses that are attached to us. We grew up in homes that nothing was, was of God. That everything was just... Uh, uh, of evil and sin and, and and darkness we came from homes that maybe sickness we 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 talk about hereditary sickness i cancel that diabetes i cancel that cancer i cancel everything else that is generational that is not of god we were raised in homes that where it was alcoholism and abuse and addiction and hatred and fear because that's all we knew those generational curses and we carry those chains around And they hold us. We were born into a sinful world. We had no choice in that. Some of us didn't choose those. But those are things that are lingered in our entire lives. And we've carried them. We haven't been able to shake them off. Shake them off on our own. And they're they're just weighing heavy on us. These chains. And we're dragging them around. Maybe we've been told we serve no purpose, but God says something different. Amen? God says something different. That's why he's a chain breaker, because he says something different over your life. Whatever you thought was over your life, whatever you thought was destined over your life, he said, I got something better for you. Maybe we didn't choose those things, but we can choose to release them in Jesus' name. Amen? We can choose to release those. Because he died on the cross for our sins. He died on the cross to release us from those bondages. He died on the cross to break those chains that we no longer had to carry. Those chains that we thought we couldn't shake off. Those chains that we thought we couldn't let go of. He says, I got you. He says, I'm going to pull on that one and you just got to let it go. He says, I'm going to pull on that one and you just got to release it from wherever you're at. The rich man chose to keep his wealth. Oh, yeah, there's chains for days to come. He chose his burden. That was his burden to keep because he wanted it. So imagine doing that, obeying the laws and the commandments, just to say no to Jesus, the God made flesh face to face, say, nope, that's too much. I'm not going to get rid of that. I mean... Look, at, it looks so good around me, Jesus, this chain. How many times do we tell God that I prefer my chains? And even as he told Jesus that he kept all these commandments since he was a boy, he failed to see what he did. Even though he knew all the commandments and supposedly followed them, there was one that he was, he was failing in. It says, Exodus 20, verse 3, Thou shalt not have any other gods before me. With his riches, he created an idol. With his riches, he created a God. Something that he just couldn't part with. And that separated him from the presence of God. He didn't even realize it. Don't put anything between you and God. No chains are worth it. Amen? So what are we choosing? I'm asking you for self-analysis right now. You have to think about what are we choosing? What am I choosing? The Bible doesn't tell us what happened to them. He may, after he left, maybe he repented a few months down the line, but he missed his opportunity at discipleship right there with Jesus. Maybe after Jesus was crucified, maybe the rich man was saved like so many others were saved, like you and I were saved. Maybe he heard about the sacrifice on the cross and said, that's how I receive my eternal life. We don't know. We can only guess, we can only speculate. We don't know when Fred flew away, if that gangrene sat and, and, and infested, infected his leg, and if his leg fell off, or if he, if he got so bad that he just died. Or maybe he found somebody else that was willing to help. More gently than, than me, I guess. If the rich man let his money and his riches and his possessions take priority in his life instead of the things of God, that would have been the same thing. It would have been a hook, a rusty hook in his heart and in his spirit, causing gangrene, spiritual gangrene, killing off his spirit. It says Mark chapter eight, verse 36, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for a soul? All I know is that right now in this place, man, I'm ready to give it all up for Jesus. How many here is ready to give it up for Jesus? If he calls you right now in this place, or if you walk out that door and he says, give it all up and follow me, are you willing to let it go? Jesus wants to work in your life each and every moment. He wants to to use you as an instrument. He wants to use you as a vessel, but you have to be willing to let some things go. We can't be picking up these chains daily. We can't be saying, Lord, release me from this, and then he does it, and then we pick it up again the next day. We can't keep doing that, and that's the problem with people nowadays is they get saved for one day, but the next day they're doing the same thing all over again, and then they get saved the next day, and then they're picking up the next chain, but you know what? There are people who are picking up other people's chains. There are people who are associating themselves with other people they shouldn't be and taking their chains too when they weren't meant to take their chains for them. Release those chains. His sacrifice wasn't in vain. The sacrifice on the cross wasn't in vain. It was for a purpose. So that you could release those chains. So that he could break those chains. So that you could be free. And free and free and free to live and free to preach and free to dance and free to sing and free to worship and free to praise because right now there's no restrictions in this place. There's nothing holding you back from praising the name of God. There's nothing that's going to keep you from lifting up his name. There's no chain in, in hell that can keep us away from the glory of God. Jesus freed us from the law of sin and death. To give us an everlasting life, an everlasting life that that man was looking for. We have it here in this place. We've experienced it here in this place. And you know what? It is not too late for you. It is not too late for you to drop those chains. It is not too late for you to turn your life around. God is willing to do his part. In fact, he already did his part. Now it is time for you to do your part. All you need to do is ask. Will you do your part and let go of whatever is holding you back? Just like Jesus told the rich man, he's telling us now, come and follow me. He's telling that to me and you today. And that invitation is a personal one. Now, ask yourself this question. Can you follow Jesus without anything hindering you? Let him break those chains. Amen. Let him break those chains. If you're watching online right now and you've never experienced the love of Christ, now is your time. If you've never experienced the Holy Spirit filling you right where you're at, now is the time. If you're in this place and and, and you've been seeking eternal life, now is the time through Jesus, through his mighty name. If you would, please stand up release those chains if you're in this place and has never accepted jesus you've been looking for somebody to break a chain if you're watching right now and you're looking for somebody to break a chain his name is jesus and if you're ready and if you're willing to drop those chains if you're really ready to pull out that rusty hook that's looking to kill you if you're looking to pull out that rusty hook that's going to take your life if you're willing to pull that hook that's that's choking you to death now's the time and all you need to do is repeat this prayer with me father god i come before you a sinner knowing that I can't do this by myself anymore. And right now, Jesus, I kneel before the cross, and I recognize your sacrifice on the cross for my life. And I ask you now, Jesus, to break those chains that are afflicting my life. I ask you, Jesus, to remove any hindrance in my life, Lord Jesus. Jesus, write my name in the book of life. Be my personal Savior so that I can be with you forever and ever because of you, Lord Jesus. I will have everlasting life, and it's through relationship with you, Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for everything you've done. It's in your name we pray. Amen amen there is a power in the name of jesus there is a power that could break every chain there is there is a power like no other power and it's in the name of jesus he's did it for you he's did it for me he's did it for every person in this place and if you're willing and if you're able to right now You lift your hands, and you worship Him, and you invite Him into your life. If you made that prayer for the first time, find a church that preaches God, because He will continue to break chains. In Jesus' name.